Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Ben Reikley. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Central Susquehanna Valley. I am Ben Reikley, and uh, across from me is not Mark. No, it's but, not. But John Shipman, a familiar voice, actually uh, on Fridays. Good morning, Ben. Uh, good to see you this good, morning. Good morning. Good to see you. And as some friends of mine say, it's good to be seen yes, sometimes. <laughs> or as we are on the radio, good to be heard. Right. You are listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company for your travel needs. John, I'd say they can almost take care of everything that has rubber on it, meaning oh, tires. Right. They do have some batteries in cars now. They are getting more vehicles in. But uh, Sunbury Motors on 4th Street in Sunbury and the Kia dealership over in Hummel's Wharf, which uh, that lot's starting to fill up. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Is the supply chain issue moving in the right direction? Well, uh, there, there is some relief from what it was a few months ago. Um, however, I, I think that uh, the supply chain is going to take a long time. I think we're looking at maybe another 12 to 18 months until we get back to normal, if we ever do get back to normal. Um, they've made new restrictions in California, which are going to uh, that, that all the truckers no, can no longer be owner independents because so they have to work for a corporation, and that's going to create issues. And, uh, you know, the government just can't leave things alone. Well, uh, that's called control. And if they control you, that means they understand what you're doing. Exactly. Uh, We said last week on the show, credit might be queen, but cash is still king. Uh, If you're an independent business owner, you know exactly what what we're talking about. But on the mark, thanks for joining us. Uh, Brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, Call us at 800-795-9565. We'll certainly uh, take your calls, and uh, I think it's been an interesting week. Uh, uh, John, I've been traveling. I've been at some conventions, saw some political folks, as I told you. uh, Senator Von Holland from uh, Maryland. Uh, But uh, one story, and we can do a number of people think on their priority list, but one story, honest to gosh, missing the boat is the media. They do on many, but certainly they aren't even near the docks on the southern border story, in my opinion. I agree, uh, Ben. You know, uh, it's just absent from the news. Uh, unless you're, you can find it online. Obviously, there's a lot of online discussion about it. But if you look at the national news, probably Fox is beating the drum on it. But for the most part, it's just it's just a non-issue. Um, interestingly, I read this week that we have crossed 1.8 million illegal aliens, uh, and let's tell, let's use the term that that the most reliably applies. That's the how many they've actually 
caught. Mm-hmm. When I say caught, most of them have just walked up and turned themselves in. Um, probably 40,000, somewhere between 25 and 40,000 a month get away that the Border Patrol admits that they don't catch them all. So uh, we're probably over 2 million in 10 months, and with two more months that the latest figures they have, obviously, is at the end of July. We have August and September to go in this fiscal year, and if it, they continue to come across that four to 500,000 a month, we're going to be at two and a half, at least two and a half million known and probably another million that didn't get caught. So it, it's a crisis. And you ask the people at the border, mm-hmm. Democrats and Republicans, they say it's a crisis. And now New York City and, and Washington, D.C. are crying about a few busloads of them. So it's, uh, Well, they flipped a uh, Democratic congressional seat, I think, for 90 years, yep. uh, went Republican. As would you consider almost at any amount of money to be a border guard? No, I, in fact, I have uh, I have a, a the son of real close friends of mine who is in the border patrol, and he is he's about a year away from being having twenty years in, and uh, he's been on the northern border and the southern border, um, and he said uh, uh, the the crisis on the southern border is unimaginable, and uh, he just can't wait to get his twenty years in and get out, and uh, it's sad because a lot of those guys used to you know it was a career for 30, 40 years before they retired, but they're retiring. Many of them are even leaving the, the Border Patrol before they're, before they're mm-hmm. tenured for their pensions. Well, maybe some of the uh, listeners out there can call us and tell us why this is a situation that is not being addressed by the White House or primarily the Democratic Party. The Republicans trip and stumble on this issue, too. George Bush uh, uh, just, uh, f- you know, spilled his soup in his lap over this, uh, this uh, po- you know, trying to get an immigration policy. But one of the things, and maybe people don't realize, there was a caller maybe a year ago who said, well, wh- what does it matter to you that, you know, illegals come in? Well, that's such a misunderstanding of basically if if Barack Obama says we're a nation of laws, then we should be a nation of laws. But misunderstanding on the cost, what it costs those local communities. And basically to bring X amount of people in, the logistics of that. So take school age. First of all, take medical. Let's go to the basics. Let's take food and shelter. Then let's take the medical. Then let's take schooling. Let's take jobs. So look what that does to the infrastructure. And it's almost that there are groups. Now, there's many groups that make a lot of money off this. The government pays Catholic charities and others, not just Catholic charities, but there's other groups, NGOs, non-governmental organizations that exactly. make money off this. So, But the cost to society, California saw it directly. Uh, we just talked about what Arizona is doing. They're taking uh, shipping containers and trying to fill in the gaps. But we just talked about some of the social costs. But now let's throw in the illegal human trade and drug activity. And it may be some of the progressives and some of the Democrats out there can call in and tell us, 800-795-9565, tell us what is going on that makes the situation of the southern border a positive for the United States. 
Well, I read yesterday that a new uh, new kind of fentanyl has come in now in multicolored tablets. It almost looks like candy. So, you know, uh, the the uh, uh, the illegal drug trade, the fentanyl and other drugs are just flooding across the southern border. Uh, we have record number of drug deaths uh, in the United States month after month after month now. And uh, it's just being ignored, uh, you know. Uh, and you're right, there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of this. Uh, many uh, organizations, church-based organizations and others, get paid to receive these illegal aliens to shelter them until they can find other homes or uh, places for them and supposedly jobs and so forth. But in the meantime, uh, the taxpayers paying all that freight. Huge cost. Uh, they, they still need to eat three times mm-hmm. a day. They still need clothes. They still need a place to live. They still need uh, the, the amenities uh, to, to bathe and shower and, and all that kind of stuff. And the taxpayers picking up the bill. And you know who else makes money off of this? The cartels in Mexico. Well, sure, they do. So, first caller of the day, Dale, you're on the mark. Yeah, I just want to say what don't make sense is <clears throat> how much money we borrowed and the uh, interest rates are that low. I think the interest rates need to go up another five points. I think something's happening. I think what's happening is China is about to take over the global currency, and the United States knows it. So, we're bringing in more population from the southern border. Because what's happening is China's seizing all these bank uh, retirement funds and all right now, and the United States just borrowed all this money. They, I don't understand how the Fed's getting this money back. We just borrowed all this money. Interest rates need to be up another five percent. I don't understand. I think the dollar is about to collapse. <clears throat> well, That's why Pelosi and all the uh, all the uh, elected lawyers are all loot. They're all they're all stealing right out of the stock market, and nobody's doing nothing about it. No. Okay. okay, Dale, I think you got about four different scenarios going on there. Uh, the, the Chinese you want, but however, right now the dollar is very, very strong. Unfortunately, the ruble is very, very strong. And how does that happen with sanctions? But uh, your concerns is... Yeah, you're, you're borrowing money, but you're not putting it in circulation, man. Well, we're doing some of that, too. The, the Feds haven't been doing that. you got to know what's going on. There's a lot of things happening right now. And a lot of people are going to run to the polls and not know what they're doing. I mean, they're just robbing us, okay? And no one's being held accountable, people. So if you run, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter who you vote for. They're going to put a gate up around the White House, and they're just going to keep robbing you until you've had enough. Period. The dollar's done. It don't make sense. The market's completely off. They're just looting it right now. They're looting it. They're looting private... Same thing with China's doing over there. They're stopping people from going to the bank. They're only allowed to pull out 300 hours a week or something like that. Well, Don't understand what's happening? Ch- the, 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 the new currency, the, uh, the central bank, the Fed's done. The Fed, the only way the Fed can stay alive is if they raise another four or five points. Well, I think you're right. I think that... Half, half a point ain't working. I'm sorry. It's not. Okay. I think you're right. I think that the feds have very uh, know clearly said that they will raise interest <laughs> rates. Uh, they, I, I fully expect a three-quarter point raise again this next meeting. Uh, and three-quarter? Come on. That's nothing. That's nothing. You, you're, you're buying the, the soup. They need to raise it three or four points. I'm telling you right now. Well, they've raised That's, it. 
they've raised it uh, a point and a half uh, in the last two meetings. Uh, they've raised it uh, two and a quarter points so far this year. What do, what do, what do they when they raise it? What does the government usually respond to do when they do that? What does the government response for that? They're supposed to put more money in circulation, correct? Well, that's what they're—that's what they are doing currently. Okay, with all... that's what the Fed is pressuring our government to do, but they're not going to do it. They're coming up with all these programs. Don't you understand that? It doesn't matter, Republican or Democrat. Doesn't matter. The dollar's done. The China is going to China is going to be the new currency, and that's why our elected officials know it, and they're just loot. And you're going to keep voting. I mean, I'm sorry, Santa Claus does not exist, people. Stop voting. Well, Dale, very, very, very interesting. Uh, we've started off with uh, some uh, things we'll have to look at di- to digest. But thank you for calling, uh, Mike. You're going to be next. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back, and you will be on the mark. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Guitarists and drums. Yeah, <laughs> that's Bumper Music. Rob Center, our producer Dave. Appreciate it, Rob. Uh, let's go to the phones. Mike, you're on the mark. Yeah, he. Uh, when it gets beyond Mark and Joe, their names, I'm not too good with the other names. Good. What, what is your name again, sir? Uh, we got Otis and Amos here today. <laughs> Otis and Amos. Okay. Yeah. Ben so Reichley and John Shipman. You're Ben. Yes. Yes. So yeah, far. Ben, I I was listening to you talk about the situation with the, uh, I'm gonna call it an invasion, and I think that half of the American people are kind of talking like me, and they're calling this an invasion. It's being orchestrated by our government, okay? Well, Mike, can I throw another word in there? It could be be a raid also. A raid, and and my, my point is this. Washington works for us. We pay the bills, we're the taxpayers. We have a right to know what the end game is here, how much it's costing, what it's impacting the average American. You went through the list of, of things that it's going to do, and, and in my mind, many of them are inflationary, and they cause uh, uh, regular Americans to have to pay more for housing, for food, for shelter, all that stuff. And we have a right to know. Well, Mike, and, Mike, look at this. Well, you're in what school district? We're in the Central Columbia. Okay, Central Columbia. Uh, excellent baseball and softball up there. The football, Scott. Good, good athletics and an excellent academic format. What they're doing up there at Central Columbia with their format of teaching to jobs or teaching to the future. So let's look at it this way. Let's take your elementary and I believe now intermediate schools. So let's say you have. 400 students, well, let's just say 100 students come in. 
and they're from other parts of the world. Uh, let's say Nicaragua, Ecuador, you know, pick pick places. But they come in, and they're going to try to learn. They do not speak English. Uh, they they you don't know if they're second, fourth grade levels, first grade levels. But let's say you have to put seven, eight of them in each classroom of your elementary and your intermediate schools. What does that do to the teachers? How how does that then put stress on the system? And what does it do to your grandchild that, who's in there who's trying to learn? I mean, it, it starts to dilute the whole academic experience. No fault of these people who've come in. That's It's not the young girl or young boy's fault from Nicaragua. But what does it do to your system, and what are those costs? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I can tell you from experience, last year, well, actually it was uh, later in the first semester, there was a teacher in Hazleton School District where most of the kids didn't know the alphabet yet, okay? Think about that. In kindergarten, they didn't know their alphabet, and what, what does that do to the English-speaking kids? How are they being held back? And, you know, it, it, you're absolutely right. And these are the things that, I mean, it's money, for one thing, that I'm concerned about, but it's the impact on the culture and the, and the society and the education. I mean, it's just tremendously widespread, and, and our government, you know, comes with that guy, Moyarkas, the border's closed. You know, come on, give me a break. They're, they're orchestrating this from, from uh, all, all corners of the world. Uh, I mean, I could go on about what, what happened in the Darien Gap and how it used to take, you know, up to six days for like an Army Ranger to get through there. And now they have got it so you can get through the Darien Gap in two days if you're, you know, a regular schmuck. Now, that said, one final thing I want to say. Uh, we, we've heard over and over again we had an Inflation Reduction Act turned into a bill, and it's going to reduce the budget deficit $300 billion, and then the small print is over 10 years. But the reality is, if you take that $30 billion a year over 10 years and you look at the projected deficits, the impact, if it were to happen, the impact would be a reduction of $0.02 cents on every dollar of deficit spending. So we're spending, what, $800 billion to uh, knock down two cents on the dollar uh, 10 years down the road. You know, it's just another one of these things that the narratives, they, they give us a narrative and they pound it in our heads and, uh, you know, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to accept it and move on and believe them. It's just like when, when you went through the list, when you went through the list uh, of, uh, Ben, when you went through the list of all the potential impacts of this invasion, People like you, when you when you talk like that, you're characterized as a racist and anti-American, anti-freedom, and all that stuff. And 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 those things stick. You know, you you try running for office and talking like that in half of this half of the places in this country, and see what happens to you. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, John, well, Mike, you make a yeah. good point. The, the 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 Congressional Budget Office, which is the people who crunch the numbers, say at the end of ten years, this b bill will have a point zero one negative to a point zero one positive effect on the budget, which means it will virtually have no effect at all on the budget after 10 years. So what's being sold uh, uh, 
was a was was social engineering sold as a budget reduction package, but it's basically social engineering. It's uh, it, it, it's like driving a car with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. Uh, they're penalizing uh, 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 companies that, that uh, produce so, uh, uh, fossil fuel energy, and at the same time, the, they, they've just passed 80 million dollar or 80 million acres of, of new leases. So the, this government is like Jimmy Carter. They're trying to drive the car with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, and it didn't work then, and it's not working now. And and, I, and I'm afraid to say it's not working now because they don't want it to work. That, that's my There's opinion. Some I, truth I really to that. think that the, the Democrat left that's calling the shots, okay? When it went, and I think it was, uh, again, and I forgot your name there, uh, the, the fellow last week you mentioned, uh, uh, yeah, Saul Alinsky's uh, handbook. Was that you uh, last and week? And I, I talked that? about, yeah, Saul Alinsky's 12 Rules for Radicals with the 13th one being Be a Radical. And, and, and these people on the left, they're true believers. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they have the power right now. They're calling the shots, and, you know, we're just coming, you know, people are coming out of the pandemic still. They're getting their life back, and they're not paying attention to what's happening. That's the bottom line. It is. Mike, appreciate the call. Have a good weekend, and I'm sure you Mark too. and Joe will look for your call next week. But, but, John, one of the things is not understanding the economic consequence or, you know, you got the opportunity cost in doing some things that are positive, we saw in the last administration. With always, this, you know, people say trickle down doesn't work. Trickle down economics doesn't work. Well, how about trickle down open borders? How does that work for us? And what are those costs? Well, and and it's it's that's trickle down poverty, by the way. Uh, what people don't understand about socialism is that socialism, uh, while it sounds like a wonderful scheme, everybody's going to be treated the same. Everybody's, but what it does, it socialism eliminates the middle class. So what you have is a, a lot of working stiffs and a few oligarchs that that are billionaires and so forth. And if you look at every socialist country, the socialist government in Italy just fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can't uh, you can't do that. Uh, because eventually you run out of money because the middle class still pays the most taxes. If you look at the taxes by group, the middle class in the United States by far and away pays the bulk of the taxes. Now, I agree. The wealthy people pay a higher tax rate, or most of them do. They pay a higher tax rate, and they pay more per per individual. But keep in mind that only about that's only about 10% of mm-hmm. the population and it's the 40 or 50% of the middle class that pay the bulk of taxes. So if you eliminate that, you eliminate revenue. Yeah, and what is the total 48% of the population pay federal taxes? Yeah, about and, and that's not the rich not paying there. there there's there's just not on the lower end. But one, one thing I showed you to this earlier, I think this is a great quote, and it's from Milton Friedman. One of the great mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. And you know, we're going into football season now, pro, college. we got the high school. But I always look at it this way. They always talk about Penn State had this great recruiting class. 
Okay, let's look at that recruiting class two years from now and how that work. Steelers had a great draft. Eagles had a great draft. Rob Center's all over. We had the greatest draft in the world. Uh, Catrillo's like all happy. We're going to the Super Bowl. Okay, two years from now, let's look back at that draft. How did that work out? So we look at these policies that come out of Washington and for us, Harrisburg, and where do those policies go in a year, two, three, four years? So again, you got a lot of people that want good intentions, these things, but then the reality and the implementation fail. And I think it goes beyond that. This latest was a desperation move. They had to get something done to, so that they could say something positive to the people. Oh, yeah. And that's all it's about. It's about the ratings. It, 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 uh, it's stuff that's thrown together. The more people look at this piece of legislation, the bigger the disaster it is because uh, the, the, the Democrats control both houses. They control the presidency. They're in deep trouble, and they had to do something. And so they named it. Uh, the the budget re- the inflation reduction act it doesn't do any of no. that and but it was a desperation move and Joe Manchin you know we we see the true colors of Joe Manchin uh, so when he says well it's not going to reduce inflation right away we can't turn a switch on and off yeah Joe you know Joe you're a politician you've yeah. been a politician you got a pipeline from West Virginia into Virginia for natural gas that that was your buy you sold out and you sold out the people of West Virginia and you are a political whatever term you want to put behind it that's perfect, reality perfect uh, reason why we need term limits right perfect reason I why would we say need. so but um, we can back we're going to talk about the conventions of states okay so you're listening on the mark brought to you by the sunbury motor company i am ben reikley with john shipman in today this friday uh we will we will come back with a full hour of power we will have some news headlines and uh, we'll get into conventions of state little league and maybe a little college football you're listening to on the mark wkok news radio 1070 wkok presents on the mark it's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Ben Reikley. And they all are against global warming, but they fly their private jets, 2,000 private jets. (laughs) Yes, they do, John. (laughs) We are on the air. This is, uh, you're listening to On The Mark. I am Ben Reikley, along with John Shipman, as you heard our uh, conversation on the hypocrisy of uh, the climate changers. But uh, again, On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company for your transportation needs. Sunbury Motors on 4th Street and the Kela dealership in Hummel's Wharf. We're going to have some news headlines, uh, John, but uh, as our conversation will go forward here. We'll get involved in a little climate change. Uh, one of the things that we would like you to do, feel free to call us at 800-795-9565. A couple news items. State police have released information on the crash that closed I-80 in Northumberland County for six hours on Wednesday. Troopers say a gas tanker truck operated by 55-year-old Stephen Zuby of Cold Township had tire issues, obviously car driven by a 62-year-old Virginia Baker of Rock Island, Illinois. I've been there. Hit the overturned truck. Baker was taken to Evan Hospital and treated for injuries. South Williamsport. And, John, this 
Boy, Little League World Series, folks, if you can get up to it, enjoy it. Th- I was traveling and heard this story, and it was just a, sort of like, uh, for all the good things that these young people around the world, their supporters, the parents, Australia, I think, will have 30 hours to get to Williamsport. But this was a tough story with a uh, hopefully a happy ending. 12-year-old Little League World Series player Easton Alverson from Utah continues to make strides in recovery. Social media is uh, covering it. He is out of the ICU at Geisinger. He's been able to communicate. Story is, I believe his favorite Major League player is Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, has uh, sent him a, a video uh, uh, get well card. So uh, we we look forward to his uh, return, and I believe his brother took his place on the team. So uh, hopefully he can make it back to Williamsport and uh, be with his teammates. But uh, you know, so much good up at uh, Williamsport, uh, and, and of course South Williamsport's where the games are played. But uh, a lot go on there. This this was a tough one when I heard that because yeah. I've. Been in there I've been up in the media you see the, uh, the the youngsters having fun uh, last night the team from Holidaysburg came up a little bit short against the team from Texas but uh, no uh, if you can get up tickets are free go and enjoy uh, boy it's it's Norman Rockwell like up there when you're up at Williamsport it is. They had a great crowd last night. I watched the Puerto Rico-Mexican game first, and, uh, you know, you just realize that these are kids from all over the world uh, that that no matter what language they speak, what color their skin is, they're, they're just kids or kids all over the world, and uh, a lot of them love to play baseball, and uh, unfortunately, his injury was not on the field. It was, uh, um, as I understand, uh, a fall in the uh, at the dorm, so yeah, um, really sad situation. Yeah, and he's on the road to recovery. Where Mark Lawrence is right now, getting setting up, and I think he is the uh, straw that's stirring the drink uh, with, uh, I think, Slade Shrek over in Sunbury. But the Sunbury River Festival is back, back this weekend. Festivities kick off this afternoon at 4 o'clock with a grease-moving sing-along. Wow. Uh, I tell you what, I won't be there, John, but I hope you can make it. Well, I'll be there tomorrow for the car show, and uh, I uh, I might get down tonight for a little while. It's always a good time. Uh, uh, they've got some good vendors in, I understand. Record amount and, of vendors. Yep. they got so. rock climbing going on, and the uh, festival theme is Art Comes Alive. Yep. So uh, Good time. Everybody should come down to Sunbury tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, and if uh, you're Art, you get a free ticket to go down there because you you're going to be alive. So. Back to uh, the phones. We're going to go to Bob and Pack Sinus, but again, you're listening to On the Mark with Ben Reichley and John Shipman, 800-795-9565. Bob from Pack Sinus. Yeah, good morning. Well, as far as that goes in Williamsport, those bunk beds either need rails put on or they don't use bunk beds, in my opinion. But the reason I was calling was, you know, everybody's putting down this inflation reduction bill, and nothing... You have to give it time to see if anything works. Everybody's saying, oh, it's not going to do nothing. Well, you don't know if it's going to do nothing until a couple of years go by. You know, it's going to help a lot of people, especially the older senior citizens with uh, insulin and uh, health care costs and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's going to help some people. Not well, help I would think Bernie Sanders then would be saying that, but Bernie Sanders, of all people, is saying that he does not see a reduction in inflation, and this will do minimal, if anything, on many other issues. Uh, John, you were talking. We were talking about the medic. 
Medicare or Medicaid stuff. Well, I think that there is some help. Uh, obviously, there's an extension of the credit uh, for uh, people who are on Obamacare. Uh, originally, Obamacare the credit was uh, up to 140 percent of the poverty level. Uh, when they did the first round of uh, help for uh, for COVID, that was increased to 400 percent. And so people now, single person in Pennsylvania making $72,000 a year, 400% uh, of the poverty level can still get a, a Medicare subsidy. There is help for insulin. I think that's a good thing. Uh, so I don't think anybody's saying it's all bad. Uh, I, what I'm I think people are saying that it's not going to help the, the budget and it's not going to help inflation. It would be better off if they would have said that and said, listen, we're, we're trying to help people here. We're trying to help people that are on Medicare. We're trying to help people that are on Obamacare, uh, seniors that, that, and people that need insulin, and sold it that way rather than try to sell it as a, a something that was going to help the economy. Well, it's not going to cost us anything. It's going to cost the, the rich uh, corporations. Not are going to be the ones paying for it. Not at all. <laughs> it well, it is. It'll cost they us. No, it well, Bob. The plan. It's they not, know what they're how talking about. No, it doesn't. That's not how it works. C corporations, uh, corporations do not pay taxes. They, they, and they will pass that on to the consumer. That's why well, we all will no. pay more. That, that, that's well, the we're already paying more for everything because people got raises. Well, we're going to be paying more. And that's the thing. And so why, why call something... A infl they call it the Inflation Reduction Act. Why call it something that it's not? Because that's the ruse that's coming out of the Democratic we don't know. Party. We don't know that yet. You know, you can buy gasoline at the end of Sunbury for four dollars and four cents, but you go across the highway, you're paying four dollars and thirty cents. Now, why is that? Well, th th that's market. That's the market that's in greed. Sunbury. It's that's greed. not greed. That's the it's market. The rich companies trying to suck the money out of you. Okay. Yeah. Good luck with that. That's 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 the, the, that's the way the world goes, and that's not. That's market forces, and you can understand them. Now, is there windfall profits on certain situations? Yes, but that's not great because it was 426 down in Clark's Ferry. So if you look at the numbers, then you look at are they independent or they are they uh, conglomerate? corporations like a sheets or whatever and how are they buying that's yeah so it's interesting when you say greed so is there greed in the government when they want to raise taxes on the middle class is that is that greed from the government also I don't see any raising Pop. of my taxes, and I consider myself middle class. I mean, we make uh, like two hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, that's middle okay. class. Inflation, as as inflation is a tax, Bob. So, is that greed from the government when inflation goes we up? We call it inflation, but it's just the raising of prices because it's costing more for people to get their supplies. It's costing them more to pay their workers. It's cut, you know, you have to pay two dollars now for a little ice cream cone at McDonald's. They used to be like a buck, and every everything doubled everywhere. It seems that's true, and I want to make a point that there's an independent uh, gasoline. Uh, uh, retailer here in the area that seems to be below the average of what other people are. But uh, 
that company doesn't have a lot of overhead. That company doesn't have uh, a lot of layers of employees. You've got an owner and you've got workers. Uh, when you go down and you buy from Sunoco, Sunoco's got people that work in the stores and then they've got uh, uh, people in management, several layers of management and so forth. Somebody has to pay for all that and the consumer pays for all that. So. Uh, uh, you make a valid point that there's some that are more efficient than others. Uh, if if it, capitalism is true, then the less efficient ones eventually will, will not survive and the m more efficient ones will. But you make a valid point that there is some uh, – I, I traveled here uh, a week or two ago, and uh, you went down into uh, the, the Harrisburg area, and gas was uh, 7 or $0.08 cents cheaper than it is up here. Uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because they have to haul it further, but you know so they're hauling right out of out of Nor the Nori plant. So, uh, but different companies have different overheads. But that local retailer does seem to have some really good prices. And inflation is a tax. Bob, appreciate the and call. And these other gas stations are selling food and water and you know everything else off the. Correct. Off the, you know. Well, if you can make money even on sheets, just selling gas, she, is she good luck. Selling, is she selling beer now? At some places. And why is it selling beer and wine? Some and places. They're still charging the higher prices. I mean, they're making they're making record profit. Bob, you they're can just, shop. Not... You can shop elsewhere. Then that's the part about it. You oh, can shop elsewhere. Oh, definitely, I do. Oh, good luck. Okay, definitely, I do. Thanks, and I'm have sure. Have a good day. Yeah, we will try. <laughs> and and not understanding how the economics work on that. And and this is right out of the the left's handbook is is throw names say greed greedy corporations greedy corporations greedy corporations. Well, you know, I I've got my securities license in 1970 and for 45 years I was in the securities business and you you learn that uh, there's no other uh, competing system that is better than capitalism. Uh, capitalism uh, is the one that brings the most innovation. Why? Well, because if you come up with a new product or you come up with a new idea, you can make money. Uh, it, it also brings competition. Uh, we don't have one state gasoline company. We have multiple independent private businesses selling gasoline. If you look, once one starts to, to drop the price, usually the others in the area drop the price as well. So competition is a good thing. Uh, I One one chain here in the area is consistently 10% or 10 cents higher than everybody else. And I'm thinking, but they're still selling gasoline. So maybe it's the credit card they have or whatever. But competition is good. Competition is what eventually brings down prices, and uh, the only system that has competition is capitalism. And with that, we're going to take a break. You're listening on the mark. Join us by phone or by email. Phone number 800-795-9565. When we come back, Dennis, you will be on. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And we are back on the mark. Rob is playing a little elevator music for us so we can enjoy our ride. Uh, we're going to go to the phones, and Dennis, you're on the mark. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Good morning, John. Um, good morning. It's, it's so discouraging to hear him talk about this inflationary bill. I've hit that senior citizen, citizen state now in life where, you know, are they going to raise our Social Security payments up? I doubt that. They keep raising the Medicare up. I mean, most of the people I know in my range get like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred a month, and you automatically take the hundred and seventy-eight off of Medicare. Then you take off whatever exceptional plan you have. I have one with Geisinger for thirty-eight, so there's two hundred and some dollars off of what I get, and I try living on that. And I, you have so many people at this age. I never was able to stash a lot of money away. What little I have, you know, I still own a home and paying a loan on that. And it's outrageous to think, like, we're the forgotten segment of society, if you ask me. To say that this bill is going to help the elderly and the the seniors, that's a joke in three quarters. I mean, it's just outrageous. Uh, And, you know, it's frustrating because we worked hard all our lives, and not that I want the government to take care of me, but come on. This is insanity here, you know, to think... It's a help. I'd like anybody to try living on this. My friends all say, how am I going to fill my oil tank for the winter when it's 4 or $5 a gallon for oil? I said, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it would take more than that Social Security sends in. So, you know, I just wanted to spout off a little bit about that. So I don't know what your thoughts are. I think, I, I think that's a valid, uh, a foul, you, you, your points are very valid. Uh, the, it's the, the people who are on fixed incomes, uh, people who are on Social Security, uh, a lot of people, the average is about, nationwide is about 1,500, but we live in an area that, that, uh, that has lower than, than average wages. So the Social Security recipients here in the central Susquehanna Valley don't usually reach that. And so we have a lot of people like yourself, uh, hardworking people, contributed all their life, uh, good citizens all their life, now they're struggling because the costs are outpacing their income, and other than going back to work, you just don't have uh, any resources, and uh, this bill doesn't help those people. Uh, it's uh, Unless you're a diabetic, uh, and it, it does allow for that, and allows the government to uh, negotiate. Medicare to negotiate prescription prices. So we will see down the road whether prescription prices for people on Medicare come down. But before, uh, as part of the Obamacare, the Medicare was not allowed to uh, to uh, negotiate prescription drug prices. And that was part of what Obama did to get Obamacare passed because he couldn't afford to have the health care industry bucking him too hard. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, if you do remember, though, um, Mr. Trump had signed in to take effect after he left office for um, the diabetic meds and insulin and stuff, and uh, it was very clearly done by Biden when he got in, wrote an executive order stopping that from taking effect. Yeah. So it's sort of convoluted right now with this bill, but again, it's just, it is a struggle, and it's frustrating to hear people think that, you know, we're going to be taken care of. Not that I want the government to take care of everything, but I never stashed enough money away, even as a nurse. You know, every cost of living, putting a new roof on the house, new furnace, and I mean, what little I had went out the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you're not alone. Appreciate the call. Okay, no. Dennis, thanks for the call. We're going to Brian, who is on the road. Brian, you're on the mark as you're on the road. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, great show so far. I wanted to comment on Bob, the classically progressive liberal, a couple calls ago around his misdirection on the big greedy corporate tax, taxes that are going to be paid and the corporations are going to now be the ones to pay. That is so false that if he is actually middle class and he has any investment into the stock market through a 401k or any other retirement plan, that's going to immediately impact the earnings of every corporate entity that are actually having that have efficient tax structures after tax earnings are what drives the stock prices so the market itself will be the first thing that be, that'll be directly impacted and immediately and then the other thing that everybody's missing the mark on is the other source of taxes is the incredible overfunding of the IRS and the massive uh, you know new government bailout around uh, uh, corporate taxes is just one thing the middle class is the one that's mostly audited by the IRS and they're now going to be trying to create more IRS agents than ever in history. And there'll be actually more funding to the IRS now created by this Inflation Reduction Act, which could be nothing more than, than the opposite, um, because they're going to create the IRS as a larger entity than the FBI and the CIA and two other uh, government entities combined. So that's where the money's coming from. People keep on forgetting you know, the cor- greedy corporate taxes and the individual taxpayer are going to be the ones who are going to pay. Everybody's going to pay. Yes. No, Brian, appreciate it. Appreciate the call and drive safe. And, John, part part of, of what Brian's talking about is correct. You know, we, we had some, I think, callers last week, or, and her, I was traveling her a little bit of the show on Wednesday. But you have people saying that, well, we have IRS agents retiring, and we're going to fill that with their retirement. But he, here's the thing that people do not understand. Where is the largest tax-paying base? And they're looking for $125 million more a year for the IRS, IRS to bring in. And what it's going to be is it's going to be audited on smaller businesses, particularly businesses that are maybe cash-oriented, credit, but cash-oriented. We're talking about smaller hardware stores, mom-and-pop restaurants, uh, et cetera, et cetera, small businesses, proprietors, single proprietorships or partnerships, S-corporations. Uh, we're, we're, they're going to look for the – I mean, if you're going to hunt deer – go where the deer are. If you're going to try to get money, you have to go where those taxpayers are, and then the audits will happen. Absolutely. That's why our president uh, has consistently talked about doing something about cash. Uh, So, you know, it's 
uh, you have to put two and two together here, but but that's true. General Motors, <clears throat> excuse me, General Motors does not deal in cash. General Motors buys supplies from, and they pay by check or by draft. Uh, General Motors does not sell their cars to the dealership for cash. The dealership gives them, pays them by check or by transfer. Okay, large corporations don't deal in cash. Uh, the cash business uh, is in retail or small contractors and so forth. Uh, and the, the IRS knows this. The IRS knows that there's a tremendous amount. You know, we talked about this on the break here a little bit ago. The guy who used to work construction, who now is unemployed, has a pickup truck and a toolbox, and he's working. He's just not working on the books. We all know that. It works like that. Every Probably every listener knows somebody who has a pickup truck and a toolbox, and he's a contractor. And you can pay him in cash, and he'll take cash. And so uh, the government understands that there's hundreds of millions, of probably billions of dollars in the underground economy that passes from one. You have something you want to sell. I have, I want to buy it. You, you say, okay, uh, you want 7000 for it, your car. I'll give you 6500 And you say, uh, do you have cash? And I say, yeah, I have cash. And you say, okay, I'll take 6500 Okay. So this is the kind of stuff that the government's... Remember, gas stations used to have two prices, <coughs> yes, cash and credit. Yep. Notice how cash is going away. Yep, uh, and and that's just the government tracking it. I mean, anytime you use your credit or debit card, for the most part, somebody can know what you're doing and what you're spending on. And remember also, the IRS agent. This thing is a debacle because there is an ex IRS chief, I believe, uh, the term the, the director of the IRS talked about. The IRS doesn't need $80 million. They needed maybe 25. And then you had this, we got to update, we got to update. Well, what in the Sam Hill were you doing in the past 10 years? You weren't updating? This is, this is so ridiculous, and it's right out of government control. And when the government can control you in a couple organizations, meaning the IRS, they can control you with EPA, Meaning, John, hey, uh, Mr. Shipman, uh, this stream running behind your farm here, w- where did this come from? Well, the farmer changed something. Well, they weren't allowed to change. Well, now this is a waterway. You cannot do anything to this. Right. This is navigable. What, what do you mean? It only gets this way after a rainstorm. My grandkids go out and play in it. No, no, this is a waterway. We control it. So look at government control. Look what they want to control and look how they want to control. Forget about the FBI and all that stuff. That's major league stuff. But just look at two organizations, IRS and EPA. Oh, absolutely. And, they, they, again, the, you know, if the government could go to cashless society today, they would do it. That's pure control. Because it's a total control. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. I believe Bob would like one more minute. We'll probably give you one more minute and 30 seconds. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. You're on the air. Hey, I think I was Dennis that called about his housing problem and, you know, the price and stuff going up. Well, if you can't afford it, you got to sell it or you let somebody rent a room in your house and you can get the money that you need. Well, and look at uh, they're doing uh, free lunches for kids in school, which is great. So that's socialism because we're paying for students' lunches, right? 
uh, to a degree. We have always be. we have always paid for children in school to have free lunch if they met certain criteria. Poverty level. Yes. Poverty level. Now it, we're going to now. No, so this no, is welfare for level. the rich because now upper middle class, upper middle class. Now they can send their children to school, and the children will all have a, a meal. So the, now the poor kids won't feel stigmatized okay but what that is what that does is it raises everybody's school taxes so uh it there's no such thing as a free lunch so universal school meals sound like a wonderful program but somebody has to pay for that you have to pay for it i have to pay for it It, it's not free yeah i have no problem paying i don't have no kids in school so i mean i gotta pay because i own a home I got to pay school taxes no matter what, even if I don't have a kid in the school. Uh, Just like anybody, any other homeowner has to pay taxes whether they like it or not. I'm in Shemokin School District. My next door neighbors in Shikolemi School District. Their taxes are twice as much as mine. Twice as much. Yes, they are. For and the same exact property. And let me tell you something else. Shemokin has a higher rating of student achievement than Shikolimi. So why are people in Shikolimi paying twice as many taxes for for low performance? That's If you live in Shikolimi School District, you should be asking the school, what's going on here? Well, it's a just getting paid too much to be working there. <laughs> or they're wasting money. They're wasting money. I don't know the answer. Okay, Bob, thanks. Actually, we gave you two minutes, but uh, thanks. Have, Have a good, good day. Yep. Have a good day, Bob. Joseph, you're on the mark. Uh, yes, you're talking about taxes, and earlier you were saying the dollar is king, you know, and then just recently here you said about do away with the dollar, you know, they want to control everything, the government, I, right? I did, I did. Here's what, Joseph, here's the term. Credit is queen, but cash is king. Well, anyway. Well, uh, what do you mean, anyway? <laughs> That's what was said. Okay, but uh, <laughs> if you do away with it, in other words, what they want to do is bring a cashless society where Big Brother can monitor, like you would say, if you saw a car or I saw you a yard sale, I have a yard sale and saw stuff. You know, they want their, their money. They want their cut. Very much. And so you can't, you can't do that when you're dealing with cash. We know that. So they have to do away with a dollar and bring in this cashless society, a new world order, you know? That is the government control, and that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. And what I said many times before, this was predicted 2,000 years ago in the Bible. And how could someone say that 2,000 years that it would come a day that you have to receive a mark in your right hand or forehead and you couldn't buy or sell, conduct commerce, except you had this mark? Wow. Well, That's really well, something. That and we was... see it as it can only come in a computerized age of the 20 and 21st century, you know? Where they can do, where they have technology to do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and and you're encouraged. For instance, uh, if you have uh, uh, bank, if you have credit card bills, now the credit card company doesn't want you to send them a check. Even the credit card company wants you to just let them come into your bank account and take the money oh, yeah. out of your bank account. Mm-hmm. So we are rapidly moving to uh, a total electronic banking system, but they have to eliminate cash somehow, and they're working on exactly. it. Exactly. Now I had a friend of mine that had a quick loop station down there on the strip across from uh, Applebee's that was years ago and uh, the government come up he would not collect sales tax he said uh, he claimed uh, I think it's the 13th amendment involuntary servitude 
I forget which amendment, but he he uh, he, he claimed that. And the big shots come up from Harrisburg with their suits on, and, and they said, well, you, you have to collect sales tax. He said, no, I don't charge it. I'm not going to charge it. I'm not going to collect it and keep tax records for you people. I, I, it's involuntary servitude, you know? And they threaten and threaten, but they never did anything. They, they'll do that. They'll threaten, you know what I mean? But they can't do nothing about it. And I was at his place one time, and he sold international driver's license through uh, through uh, Panama or Costa Rica or somewhere. Mm. He got these international driver's license. It cost you about 300 bucks or something if you lost your license. And the FBI came to his house. And he said, do you gentlemen have firearms on you? And they said, yes. Well, he said, you're not coming in. Put your firearms, lock them in the car, and then you come in. And they did, and they came in, and they threatened and threatened, but he continued to do it, and they couldn't do anything about it. It was a loophole in the law that you could sell these international driver's licenses. So what I'm saying is the government is always trying to threaten you and impose their will upon you in, the, in, this, uh, in these areas, you know, that if people don't stand up and say, hey, I have rights here according to the Constitution and Bill of Rights, you know what I mean? Well, well, Joseph, what you're saying has happened, but the point about it is is they want their money. So follow yeah. the money. So here oh, is money, a gentleman absolutely. you talked about that was not collecting their tax revenue, and that's what irritated them. So. And this, by the way, this isn't going to come basically out of the United States. It's coming from the revised Roman Empire, our European common market, which we will lend, the United States will lend our auspices and our power to that organization, which will be the center of world trade in the future. And you can read that right in Revelations. It's a beast that comes out of the earth with two horns like a lamb. That's the United States giving its power onto the other beast that comes out of the sea, which is uh, the revised Roman Empire in Europe, uh, in, in the European common market. And uh, you go over to Brussels, Belgium, the head of the common market, and look at the headquarters. It's built. It's a, it's a building that looks like the unfinished Tower of Babel. How ironic, you know? It all began at Babylon after the flood in the Bible. Okay, well, I thought their headquarters would be in, at the end of time. I thought their headquarters would be in Davos when they have their meetings. But yeah. Joseph, appreciate the call. Have a good weekend. You're listening on the mark. Join us. We have a caller and Harry. We will get to you after the break. But join us at 800-795-9565. We got climate change. We got the independent voters. We want to vote in the primary coming up, and we have a little ESG to talk about. We are back, and uh, John, I think Steve needs to give him his voice a little rest here before the season. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's one, one week away. I mean, he must have been all that yelling at the uh, pretty golf tournament down at the Susquehanna Valley Country Evidently. Club. where they, uh, they must have had a lot of good shots, right. uh, and then we'll hear our other down the road. <laughs> I, I, I don't think the suit was putting for birdies a lot of times. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay, we're on the mark. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Harry. Hey, good morning, guys. It, it's funny listening to uh, to Bob's calls. There were two things that struck me. One is uh, the difference between socialism and a social program. Taking care of the, those who could not afford uh, lunch um, in school—that's a social program. Looking out for the disadvantaged—that is not socialism. There's a big difference, and it's and it's yes, funny it how they always want to wrap. Uh, uh, People like the Bidenites and, and Bob want to always wrap that up into one big package. There is a huge difference with that. 
socialism is an evil thing that that uh, punishes those who who really do contribute. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But the other thing is uh, two um, two recent uh, restaurant closures in this area go back to the uh, the attack on small businesses and and have the mom and pop restaurants are having a hard time. Last night, the Arrowhead restaurant up above Milton closed. That was their last night. And today it was announced that the Lewisburg Freeze, after 30-some years, will be closing. And both of those were caused by, uh, part of it was caused by the shutdown when they couldn't do any business over the COVID lockdown. And, and the rest of it by, by a bigger company charging them higher rents that are unaffordable or raising costs on them that are unaffordable. And that's a microcosm of what's going to happen with these big corporations, I believe. You know, um, what people don't understand is they say, like when Bob says, oh, the corporation won't pay. They do pay, but then we wind up paying for it because they raise the price on everything else. And they, they have to understand the old law of unintended consequences. They're, uh, you know, there's always, everybody pays. When one pays, they all pay. So, Harry, are you saying that these two organizations uh, they do not own their properties, and the landlords that own them are upping the rent. Well, they're probably if they're that was, releasing. That was the biggest thing with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I, uh, so yeah, usually in a lease you have escalating sure. clauses, and you put some things in to cover that. Oh. But one of the things now, that, I understand that because I've worked for places like that, restaurants like that. I understand that, but. But, I mean, I'm just saying it's a microcosm. That's all. I'm not yeah. necessarily even blaming the other person. I'm just saying that the costs get get. Well, if I away. look at it and reading down. a little bit, though, I, I yeah. think uh, the... the I, I say this respectfully. I don't know the details of it, but I think the uncle factor has come in. That the people are finally putting their hands up and saying, "Uncle, I can't, I can't cope with the labor shortages, the prices. Am I open? Am I not open?" Uh, and remember, too, these are cash businesses, also. So oh, yeah. uh, you know, I yeah. probably don't want to be audited. But I, I think the uncle factor comes in where people are just saying, "I don't need this." Uh, I, yeah. I got enough for retirement. I can make it, uh, you know, good luck. And if somebody else would want to move in and buy it, I'm sure there were some options there. But, again, uh, you know, that's that's not happening. And look at these smaller businesses, particularly in the hospitality. And, you know, chains, chains have a big thumb that they can put on them. Oh, yeah. But that's but that goes back to what we were talking about. The mom and pop businesses just can't compete right now. That's all I'm I was just using as an example with that. I'm not blaming the people who raise their price because they have the same increases that everybody else has. I'm not I'm not arguing that part. What I'm saying, though, is you're going to see more and more of this. And eventually there isn't going to be the small businesses in town that pay the kid uh, who, who, who makes some money to go to college or, or to buy a car or to uh, extra money for a down payment on a house or, or anything, you know what I mean? And that's, that's what I think we're losing sight of here. That, that's the real danger of, of taking away incentives. And, and that's what we're doing now. We've taken away incentive for everything else too that, that 
you know, to be to be to own your own business was always part of the American dream. Now it's almost part of the American nightmare. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been on both sides of that. I can understand some <laughs> of the folks that have gone through that. But here, here's an interesting point to what you talked about. This week, the CDC has come out and said we're going to make some monumental changes to our organization. And behind the scenes, what they're saying is we royally screwed up. The CDC well, royally yeah. screwed yeah. up. The yeah. Biden administration yeah. also put their uh, their thumb on the uh, scale and what they did to businesses and in Pennsylvania what we had a governor do was was basically ridiculous there was no leadership to shut down Pennsylvania the way he did and basically said well I was doing it in you know hopefully in the safety no no that was such BS and they knew what they were doing and it was over government control and they wanted to flex their muscles and they did and look what happened well and you know what's funny with that ben you get a, you get uh, around to more than one state too and and i know for myself when you you know you want to give the benefit of the doubt saying okay it's a it's an an unknown situation something we never faced before so maybe they were right but we were in south carolina i was in several other states that did not have massive shutdowns and they had they kept their businesses running and had no worse incidents of any covid um surges than anybody else and that's what you we're know and, and it's just amazing yep. to me that that other people couldn't see that and say okay well maybe we can tone this part down and make a change here make a change here that's the part that bothers me not so much that they reacted the way they did first because i'll give anybody the benefit that that they're on something they could not have known what to well, do with. two two weeks but to once flatten you saw the curve what was happening then you should have been able to react to exactly. it and change and yep. that's where i think the ball was dropped yep harry have a good weekend thanks for the call Take care. John, that, I mean, what, what Wolf and, and the people did in Harrisburg was, was absolutely ridiculous, and we're looking back. And, you know, and, and some of these, you know, states, you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And, and okay, so now what do we do with the hindsight? How do we move forward? And, uh, again, government c- control. And, and, and that is the issue, and the the government said, okay, we're going to do this. This is the way it has to be. Uh, there was no, uh, no, let's sit down and think about this. Let's, let's, let's try to come up with a reasonable plan. The CDC actually was uh, two or three people, uh, Fauci and Bricks, basically. Mm-hmm. She has come out with a book that says that they knew it wasn't going to work, but they didn't know what to do, so that's what they oh, did. Oh, yeah, the uh, Burks, the uh, Dr. Burks, the uh, scarf lady. Yeah, and and uh, Fauci is still saying that they that they that you know they did the the best thing under the circumstances, but. Fauci, have, the worst bureaucrat in uh, terrible in Washington, because n- n- nothing personal against the man. No. But look at the results of it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. You're listening on the mark with Ben Reichley and John Shipman, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You're listening to On the Mark, John Shipman and Ben Reikley. We are going to go to the phones and Cindy. Good morning, gentlemen. What a beautiful day. It is. Good morning, Cindy. I wanted to express my unhappiness and concern about what I see as the deliberate disinformation by the press in reporting this bill. And I want to speak about one particular issue. They keep saying that the price of drugs has been capped. The government will be capping the price of drugs. Well, that sounds to me like they're going to control all the drugs. I mean, and it's going to uh, help everybody. I mean, that's how I hear, that's what I hear in that. But the truth is far different from that. They are only going to negotiate the price of 10 drugs, and it will only be of help to 14% of the population. 14% of the population are senior citizens who get Medicare. Of them, not even all of them take those drugs. So it's an even smaller percentage of people who are going to benefit from that. And yet when they report it on the news, they make it sound like this is going to help everybody. No, it's not. In fact, nothing in there ever says that it will help the general population. Uh, Cindy, I think you're right. I'll tell you what happens here. The government puts out talking points. The media just takes the government's talking points and regurgitates them. Nobody ever bothers to dig into things. Nobody in the media ever bothers to do any investigative work to find out uh, if what the government's saying is true. And you're exactly correct. So, uh, But what happens is the government puts out talking points, and the media just reads the talking points, and that's a that's well, they, they put a couple Easter eggs in, so it makes it look good. But then, Cindy, you go into the details, as you say, and you find out this is a smaller percent, but they broad brush it like it's going to help. What this bill is, in all honesty, this is a climate change junior green deal. That's what this is, with other things thrown in to try to appetize. And the other person who is a political stooge in this is Joe Manchin. I mean, the guy sold out for a pipeline, a fossil fuel pipeline from West Virginia to Virginia. Isn't that ironic? Very. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know how I feel about that, because what he's done is he's undermined the property rights of of his own constituents, never mind other people from Virginia and the impact it's going to have on them. But uh, I'm distressed. You know, the press stands up before me and screams and yells, and says, hey, we're the, you know, we're the uh, people who are checking things out. We're the people who are going to tell you the truth. We're so authoritative on this that we're going to start calling people liars and, and fraudulent and et cetera. And they have universally, apparently, adopted this policy. And yet they themselves are misleading the public. I feel deliberately. They're not stupid. I'm no genius, and I figured this out in about 10 minutes. Well, Cindy, we it sh- only applies to Medicare. Senior citizens are about 
14% of the population. And, and that doesn't even account for the fact that all senior citizens don't take those 10 drugs. So what's really been capped is a minimal, minuscule amount of the cost of drugs, and all the rest of the people are going to continue to bear it. And worse yet, they're going to bear the cost that, the, uh, that those seniors escape because the federal government is going to make up the difference. Well, so we, okay, with that, what we started to show with, though, and you want to talk about the media missing a huge story, is what's going on at the southern border. So if, if, you, if, missing, if misrepresenting this is one thing, look what the, mass, the major media, the mass media, is doing on the southern border. Wait till these children show up for school. You know, now they've started it. school, right? These children, by law, well, not by law, actually, by Supreme Court ruling, are entitled to the same public education as everyone else, even though they have contributed nothing, their parents have contributed nothing to the plan. And they are not only entitled to the same education, but even more, because they'll need remediation, mm-hmm. they'll need language assistance. And what does that get, do for uh, the system? That, that, a that landslide of social services, all of which come at the local taxpayer's expense. Exactly. Logistics are horrendous. And aren't figured in the cost of the bill. Yep. And Cindy, thank, thank you, gentlemen. Thank thanks you. for your call. And that's what we talked about earlier, is, is, you know, the underlying cost. So Cindy points out the smaller percentage, but they praying it. We had callers calling in that this is going to be helpful. Well, hold it. Look at the details of it. And what this bill is, this bill is a Green New Deal yeah. climate change initiative. Basically. Now, the gentleman who called in about his prescription and so forth, he's yeah. going to get help because he's on Medicare. Uh, but uh, Medi- all this bill does is say that Medicare can 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 uh, negotiate price. It doesn't, and if you're not on Medicare, does you don't get any help. John, one thing we didn't get a chance to, maybe next week, but the uh, move for Pennsylvania to allow registered independents to vote in either Democratic or Republican primaries. Yeah, that's interesting conversation. I mean, that, that is, uh, if you if you want to have a party, form your party independents. Be, be, be the independent party. Sure. So, but don't, don't raid the Democratic's party or the Republican's party. Be your own. Right. So, John, enjoyed it. Let's do Always it again. Always a pleasure, Ben. Good to see you again. Yep. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Uh, you have been listening to On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Get out and see if you can see Mark Lawrence down at Sunbury River Fest. This is WKOK, Sunbury.